Good morning. Good morning. It is uh, exciting, exciting to be getting into praying together. Fortnight just devoted to to that, committed into that as a church, um, and the importance of prayer. Uh, and yeah, as Guy says, my name is Joe. If you don't know me, and it's great to have you with us, whoever you are, however many times you've been to Grace Church before. Uh, we we kicked off the year last week talking about communion or the Eucharist, or bread and wine, uh, the Lord's Supper, all these different names, uh, and looked at various things last week. One of the, we looked at why it was important, why it's an important thing uh, to do, certainly for Christian believers, for the church, various reasons. We saw that Jesus told us to, that's a, that's a big thing for, for Christians, um, and it, we also saw how it's, it's so good that it's all about the gospel, it preaches the gospel and then also we said how it was really great and amazing uh, and various things about that, particularly looking at this is my body, what Jesus said. Um, and when we say it's important, we don't just mean it's important to do. We, we, it's actually important that you do it right. That, uh, so there is a wrong way. There, there are some bad, unhelpful ways to engage in and take communion. That is very possible. Actually, to the extent that if we're doing it really badly, our entire gathering would be doing more harm than good, which is quite a statement. And that is exactly what Paul, in his, in his letter to the Corinthian church, says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 7. He's talking about their, the way they take the Lord's Supper communion. And he says, In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. That is quite something to say, isn't it? Imagine Tim Blaber oversees our church uh, or, or Terry Virgo, someone saying, do you know what? You, got, you could do with a lockdown right now. Your, your meetings, you'd be better off not meeting because of how badly you are doing this. That's quite a statement. In fact, celebrating communion in the wrong way can actually be life and death in, in, in the Bible, in the New Testament. Says, it goes, Paul goes on in verses 29 to 30 of the same chapter. He says, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and ill, and a number of you have fallen asleep. That is shocking, isn't it? Look, that is in the Bible. That God is, Paul's saying God is making people ill, and they are dying because of how they are doing uh, how they are engaging in and taking communion together. And that is, I mean, we should be shocked by that in many ways. And, and yet at the same, four times that happens in, in the book of Acts where God strikes people down. I thought, oh, that is a bit much. <laughs> like I knew, yeah, all right, it's important, but that is quite something. And we'll see why as we go through this. Um, oh, let me say up front, I'm, com- I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're not doing that. So, Again, we'll see what they were doing that was so bad. I don't think God is going to kill any of us for how we are doing communion. So be, be reassured in that. Um, but what are we doing? That's what we're looking at. What are we doing when we take communion together? And uh, last week, we looked at this is my body, um, kind of emphasizing that. And when Jesus said, this is my body, what, what that means and I uh, hope that was helpful. If you, if you missed it, do catch it up. But I think it's helpful to give a couple of weeks to talking about these things. We saw how we, we, 
It's not just memorial. Jesus isn't, it's not just symbolism when we, when we take communion. It is, but it is more than that. We, we encounter Jesus by his spirit in, in the act of communion through physical items. So we, we encounter Jesus we, as we sing, but in communion we do it through physical things that we can see, actual bread and actual wine or juice we use that you can touch and taste. And through those things, we encounter Jesus. Today, as we look at communion a bit more, we're going to basically focus on everything else that is happening in communion. Um, we won't, won't cover everything, obviously. Um, but focusing on do this in remembrance of me, when Jesus said that, which is remembrance is kind of an umbrella term, as we see, for, for a, lot of else, a lot else of what is happening through communion as, as, as the church partakes of communion. Because there is, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on um, when, when church... I will look at, I think I've got eight things that will just kind of work through um, several things that are happening as we take communion together, as we do this in remembrance of Jesus. Uh, and when finished, we'll, we'll sing again, and while we're singing, we'll, we'll celebrate communion together. Um, and the goal, as said last week, the goal of this week and last week is to equip us, to help us to understand and to think things through, because life and death is quite important, but also, ultimately to help us enjoy it, to inspire a love for communion and an enjoyment of coming to the table together so that we anticipate it, look forward to it. So what are we doing when we celebrate communion? What is communion, essentially, is what we're asking. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. So if you have got a Bible, do open it up. It's, it will be kind of in there, in and out a few times. So it's worth having it open. We'll put it up on the screen as well, but it won't stay there. Um, so if you've got a Bible, do turn there. 1 Corinthians 11. I'll read a bit more than I did last week from verse 17 uh, down to 34. Again, this is uh, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says, in the following, this is what I read earlier, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt, there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers as a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or, or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Anyone, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. And that's why many among you are weak and sick 
and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further, in further directions. So what is communion? It's a helpful passage, kind of surprising passage at times, as, uh, as I've highlighted already. What is communion? Firstly, communion is remembrance. Uh, and again, those, those central verses, verses four, 24 to 25, the Lord, when he, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, do this, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. It goes on talking of uh, after supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So communion is much more than just remembering, thinking about things, much more than kind of a memorial, but it is remembering. It is that as well. It's not less than that, certainly. It is remembrance. In that sense, communion is looking backwards, backwards to to what has already been, uh, looking to the past. And um, in many ways, a lot of the rest I'll say is talking about what we are remembering. So it's hard to talk about remembrance without uh, going into those things because, as I say, remembrance is kind of an umbrella term of what's happening um, as we're taking communion. It is an expression of remembrance. So we'll kind of move on to to the others to think that through. But just one thing to say uh, before getting to the other ones is that it is worth thinking a little bit more about what this is. When Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, because it's not just a brand new thing that he's saying. He's not made up a thing to do and saying, here's something, do this now in remembrance of me. Now, actually, Jesus is, when, when he initiates and gives the Lord's Supper, it's the Passover that they are celebrating and eating and drinking together. And uh, happily, we are going through Exodus uh, generally, and we'll be back in Exodus next week. And guess where we are? Out in the story. We are at the Passover. So that'll be uh, a good. We'll be kind of back in Exodus, but still very much linked to communion. So more on, on the Passover next week. This, the Passover, though, is, is a meal that God initiated for the people of Israel to remember how God brought them out of slavery to Egypt uh, and into a land of freedom. Uh, and and, and we'll look at that more next week. So there's remembrance in that. And that's what Jesus is saying. Now do this in remembrance of me. That word remembrance, it's not a word we, we really use much, is it? There's, there's one other context that, that we use it in, which is remembrance day. Um, and the, that can be a helpful comparison in some ways because there is a remembrance. But again, remembrance day really is pretty largely about remembering. Communion is so much more. Um, I highlight it because Remembrance Day is, is an important day, it's, and there's a sense in which it's, it's hallowed, it, it's respected, it's revered uh, and sacred in some ways. And uh, as, as, we, as we remember, of course, those who have given their lives in, in conflict 
it's, it's good to do. It's, and and there's, a, there's, there's a reverence about it. Imagine, and I don't, I don't want to kind of, again, be uh, dismissive. Imagine Boris Johnson saying something like, right, now, I'm going to take Remembrance Day, and now I want everyone to do this, Remembrance Day, in remembrance of me and how I brought everyone through the COVID, pandem- the COVID pandemic and, and my, the way I served the country in that. He is taking something that is reverent and saying, do this, take this, and now this thing is all about me. That, there's a sense in which that is what Jesus is doing. He's taking an already sacred and reverent act in the Passover. He's not making a new thing up. And he's saying, this thing, now this, is all about me. It's all about what I have done. It's quite a claim. It's quite a thing for him to say when he says, do this in remembrance of me. And um, it's not coincidental that he just takes, here's a thing, I'll take this. It's not coincidental that the Passover has deep ties and links to it. This, he has done exactly what God did for the Israelites, uh, as we'll see as we get into it more next week. Um, and why studying Exodus as a book for us is so good, because, so helpful, because it's such a good picture of what Christ has done for us in it. It's just easy for us to miss that when we engage and, and take of communion, we're engaging in what was already an existing meal or ordinance. But what are we remembering then? What are we considering and calling to mind? A few things. Uh, generally, we, for, at Grace Church at least, we refer to this meal as communion, as I have done. And uh, that is primarily because one of the things we are remembering is that we are both celebrating and enjoying experiencing our communion with Christ Uh, and that is the first and probably the primary thing that we are enjoying and celebrating in the in the previous chapter of of first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 um, Paul says is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ And is not the bread we break a participation in the body of Christ? Jesus says in John 6, 56, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. That is communion with Christ. And we're both celebrating that and kind of enjoying that. So we're kind of marking what is fact and also experiencing it. We're celebrating in the as Christians, we believe we have communion with Christ. We have that. We are united. That is community with, relationship with Jesus Christ, the, the word of God from the, from the beginning. We are united to Jesus. And that's objective. In, in communion, we just remember, oh, that, that is who I am. That is my situation. I'll read a few verses from Romans 6. Don't you know, it's talking about baptism, but it's very much overlapping, that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For we have been united with him in a death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. It's saying that all those things that are true of Jesus are true of the Christian because there is communion with Christ. And uh, as in baptism, we are united. So in communion, we are participating in all that Jesus has done in his body and blood. And we are just celebrating that. We, we recognize that we are Christians who are united to him and we have communion with him. When we, we are celebrating it, however we feel, that's it as well as we were looking at last week. Wherever, wherever you're at this morning, as it comes to take communion, we celebrate, oh, I, I am united with Christ. I have union with him. What is true of him has become true of me by his grace. So we are remembering our communion. That's, that's our state of being. That is our situation. And we're also enjoying our communion. In that sense, there is an experience to be had, an opportunity to express and enjoy, experience our communion with Christ, which is a little bit more subjective. So on the one hand, we're saying, yes, I have communion with Christ, however I feel. And we also say, and I get to, in this act, I get to commune with, engage with Jesus. Come and experience him. It's a lot of what we discussed last week, that we are enjoying our communion. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Let's come and, come and eat with Jesus. Come and commune with him. You want to get technical, Union with Christ generally is, is seen as, that is our objective state. We have union with Christ and communion with Christ is our enjoyment of that state. Uh, and so in communion, we are acknowledging our union with Christ and we're experiencing communion, community with him. And that's probably the main thing we mean when we are remembering uh, in, in remembrance, we are remembering our communion with Jesus. We acknowledge that we have it and we enjoy it. And we're also remembering and enjoying our communion with one another in, in the Lord's Supper. Again, in chapter 10 of, verse, uh, of, uh, of 1 Corinthians, Paul says in verse 17, Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. And this is why I don't think God is going to make any of us ill or dead, uh, because we are not doing what they were doing. This is getting at how messed up the, the, the way the Corinthians were acting, how bad their behavior is. Like they are totally ignoring this factor, and, and in fact, totally undermining it in the way that they were taking communion. I'll just read like a couple of verses again from, from chapter 11. Verse 17, things they were doing. When you come together, there are divisions among you. There have to be. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For, for when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. I mean, that is so bad. <laughs> like the way they're doing it in, in this context, they're having meals together. It is a meal. And imagine us, let's have a, let's have a joint 
Let's have a haven't site. We'll come and have a meal together. We'll have communion, a whole meal, and we'll celebrate communion as part of that. And when we do, some of us kind of go off and have a right party and, and enjoy it and in, have lots of food and get drunk over it. While there's some people who are just totally going hungry and, and they're dismissive. It's just, it would be so bad. It is so counter the gospel, what is happening here. Uh, that is, that's how you do it badly. If you, you can do communion badly, that's how you do that. Uh, this meal that we engage in should emphasize our unity, not, not undermine it, because it's possible to emphasize disunity. And that verse I read in, in 10 verse 17 is an interesting order, isn't it? If you, if you think of it, says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. So because there's one loaf, we are one body. So it's not, we are united, so let's have one, one loaf together, let's eat together. It is, we eat together, and so therefore we are united. It goes in, in that Order. We are the body of Christ because we share in eating of the body of Christ. Eating together unites us. It's a fact of life. You eat with people, it unites them with them. And it goes in, in that order. It's why we make a big thing of food at Grace Church. We try and have food at lots of things because we, eating unites us. It's very biblical. Jesus loved to eat with people and it's why social division is so messed up and wrong, because they are against the gospel that Christ has united us. Communion with Christ and with one another, these, these, these first two things that we're looking at, they make it very clear, not in an unkind way or a dismissive way, but they do make it very clear that this meal is for Christian believers. It's for those who have given their lives to follow Jesus. And... and we can get overly heavy. I, a lot of it is, it just makes no sense to engage and to partake of this meal if that is not your situation. We're coming to celebrate all that Jesus has done, that, that I am alive, with, I'm united with him, that he is my Lord and Savior. We have communion with him. We're coming to celebrate, I have communion with my brothers and sisters. I am part of the church of God. And I'm celebrating that as, as I take communion so if you're not if that's not your position I, I just i don't know if i'm a christian i don't know if i'm united i'm not sure if i'm i want to be part of that then then it's, it's just not for you to celebrate then it's just that's fine that's not uh kind of excluding in it in an unkind way but there is an exclusion it's saying look, this is for for those to celebrate that they're christians and they're part of the church that is what this is if this meal is actually deliberately polarizing and we'll see why and how a little bit more as we keep moving forward for reasons that will become clear. But, but that is what it's doing. Again, not being overdramatic. I don't want people to feel bad for like not partaking. That's totally the opposite. I think have a security in not partaking if that is where you're at. Um, it's just kind of why would you want to if that's not your situation? For the record, when, when uh, God is punishing people and making people ill, I, I think that is referring to believers who are abusing it largely maybe there's something of unbelief but that, that's what i think what it's just these christians say how can you be you're christians you know better and you're behaving like that we'll keep moving communion is a moment of thanksgiving you can refer to this meal as the eucharist 
and Eucharist, that, that word means thanksgiving. It is, this is the thanksgiving. Let's come and engage in it. Um, verse 24 of chapter 11. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance. When he had given thanks. You can wonder, what's Jesus thanking God for in that moment? Because, because I don't know, he's not thanking him for himself in, in that way. Maybe he's modeling something for us. But, but I think really he's, he's emphasizing we, we've always got stuff to thank God for. All that we have is a gift from God. So even, even before you get to the gospel, when you come to eat, give thanks. Think, thank God for everything that you have, for the roof over your head, for the freedom to worship, the clothes on your back, the, the, the income you, you have, whatever it is, it is all a gift of God. And it's good to remember those things in communion. Just remember, oh, thank you, God, for everything, for all that you have given me, for your, for your provision of physical food and drink to me that I am not hungry. And, of course, we give thanks for the gospel. So whatever you have, maybe you are hungry, maybe you're really struggling financially, whatever, wherever you, whatever you have, you have the gospel. Jesus has died for you. The sinless Savior has come for you, and you have that to thanks God, thank God for. So no one can have a grudge. No one can come with a grudge to the table I think, oh, God's not given to me. Yeah, he has. Maybe it's hard to see right now, but you have plenty to thank God for. Um, that, that word thanksgiving, it's a strange word in, in, in many ways. It's kind of an ironic word because um, it's thanksgiving. It's got the word giving in it, but the whole point of it is expressing that we have, we're not giving, we're receiving. Thanksgiving, all I'm giving is thanks, which is not a lot, really, is it? In, the, in that way, it's not a great exchange. Um, we don't give anything in thanksgiving. We are expressing thanks because we have received. That, that's the emphasis. And that's a crucial element of how we understand communion. That this is a moment to give nothing but thanks. We're not offering anything afresh in, in that way. And um, I talked a little bit last week about how the Reformation, God worked in the 16th century across Europe and the world to revive a lot of things in the church. And, and the Lord's Supper was right at the center of that. And one subtle but very, very significant change that came as a result of, of that was that up to that point, when, when communion was celebrated, the, the priest would turn and face the altar as if to face uh, God himself and would offer communion on behalf of the people to God and it was an offering given to God on behalf of the people and as a result of the reformation one of the things that changed which made such a difference was that the priests turned to face the the people and was giving on behalf of God to the people to say this is not something that we are coming and giving to God. We are recognizing this is something that God has given to us and we are just receiving it. We're, all we're giving is thanks here. We're not offering a fresh sacrifice in any way. We're just receiving all that he has done. God is giving to us. We're giving nothing but thanks to him. And then moving on from that, communion is, in line with that, a celebration it is something to rejoice in. Simply, so in, in Matthew's account of, of 
the Passover, the, lo- the Last Supper, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, go into the city to a certain man, this before it's happened, and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. It's subtle, but it's a little reference. I'm going to celebrate the Passover, because that's, that's what you do with the Passover. You don't just do it, you, you celebrate it. And as elders, it was two or three years ago, we kind of recognized the little thing that some of us had started saying in our language, and we would talk about doing communion. Come and, let's come and do communion. And we just realized, hey, that's probably not the right, that's not the right verb, do it. It's not the right way to talk about communion. It's not awful, but it's not great. And we talked about it a bit. We landed on, let's, say, let's, let's emphasize, let's take communion. Let's partake of, maybe. That's, that's a better way to do it, again, because we're receiving in, in that, that sense. One thing we rarely celebrate, and having thought about this, say, say is, is celebrate. Let's, let's come and celebrate communion. And I think that's actually, to our discredit, we, we, we should, that's a good way to talk about communion. And I'll endeavor to, to get that into my vocabulary. It's just like we're going to celebrate communion together. It's subtle how those little things, but they do help in, in the way we think about and approach such things, our language in those ways. Help us to emphasize that this should be a celebration. This is one way that remembrance is different from Remembrance Day, right? You probably wouldn't talk in that way of celebrate Remembrance Day. You might, but you kind of acknowledge um, and, and engage with Remembrance Day. But we are celebrating communion. And in some way, there is a somberness about it. It's like Good Friday, right? You kind of, there's, there's a heaviness in some way, but it's to be celebrated. It's to be rejoicing. Hallelujah. We are alive because of what Jesus has done. Let's have a party. Let us celebrate that. There is so much to rejoice in. It's a blessing. It is for us to enjoy. It's to be a gift to us. It expresses the lavishness of the gospel. It is great to, to celebrate communion as part of a meal, to do it in that context. Let's have a meal together and celebrate as part of that meal. So it's not, well, yeah, we'll celebrate communion and then we'll have a meal. It's all in there. And obviously logistical reasons why that's difficult for us in this context. But do it in, in life groups. One little thing that we've done, we're trying to increase the size of the bits of bread that we're having to just encourage. This, like it's, it's not just a little, you know, tiny bit of bread that's one mouthful. It can't be two mouthfuls because that's awkward. It can, we can, you could have a whole loaf of bread if you want. You could have a, you know, a good nice tiger but with some nice butter on it. It's a celebration, right? It's to be enjoyed. Um, so we've got slightly bit of, bigger bits of bread. That's, that's managed, what we've managed. Um, it's okay as well. Like, I think we often think, oh, come on, take communion. And you have to think and get in the moment. And be, so I think it's okay. Open your eyes, you know. Let's just look around. Enjoy it. it, it is, is, there's something in it, yeah, kind of your own moment before God, but it, it's such a communal thing to be done together. Open your eyes, celebrate together. We'll, we will celebrate communion uh, in a little bit and, uh, and we'll sing and celebrate and that'll be fun. All of these things that, that we've, we've looked at, we totally can't see that, can you? But that's, that's fine. Remembrance, communion with Christ, communion with one another uh, and thanksgiving and, uh, and celebration these are really kind of, cheers guy, that kind of 
remembrance, right? We are looking backwards, remembering things that have gone before as we celebrate in it, with communion with one another, communion with Christ. These are things that have happened. Another thing that is happening in communion is a proclamation. We're proclaiming something. So if those things are kind of looking backwards, this is looking outwards. Look out into, into the world. Verse 26 says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In communion, we are proclaiming, we are announcing the gospel to the outside world. To those who don't know, we are saying, this is the gospel. This is what we believe. Hear it. I mean, whether anyone is listening or not, we proclaim the gospel. This is what Jesus has done for us and for the world. The word mass, another word you can use in in terms of it, that, that word comes from the Latin for mission. Probably those traditions who, who use that word have, have forgotten that meaning, but that is, is in missional roots because this is an, a missional thing. This is something about us telling the world of the gospel. And as we do it, as, as we celebrate communion, we are ensuring, again, that the gospel is preached every week. It's one of the great things to do. Every time we celebrate communion, the gospel is proclaimed. We, we make sure the gospel is made known because communion is all about the gospel. As we saw last week, we are remembering that we preach Christ's body was broken, his blood was spilled to save us from sin and death. And in, that's where I'm saying it's, it's deliberately polarizing in that we are, we're telling the outside world, if you don't follow Jesus, you're outside of his kingdom. You're outside of his blessing. Come in, but at the moment... If you're not engaging in this, you're you're not in the kingdom of God. We are proclaiming that to the world. Again, it's not to show off. It's not like, we've got it, you have it. It's just to clarify the the situation. This This is the situation. People need to know. They need Jesus. We're proclaiming the gospel. It is to invite them into the kingdom. You You need, come, come into the kingdom. You need this. There's an invitation in communion. It could have been another word. There's a good communion passage to read when we're celebrating communion is, is Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, very famous. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in, in, in that, there's, a, there's an invitation to weary believers. Right? You're a Christian. If you're weary, come to Jesus. Come to the table. Come and find rest for your weary souls. And there's an invitation for unbelievers. You're lost. You're confused in this world. Jesus is inviting you to the table. He is saying, come and I will give you rest. Come and partake. So is another great thing about celebrating communion regularly it's a great moment if, if up to that point someone has not been a believer. Do you know I'm not sure if that's me or not. Communion is a great way to say, I'm, I'm going to take of this meal as a way of saying, I am now a believer. I am going to give my life to Jesus. And I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm going to demonstrate that by taking of this meal for the first time. That's a great way to do it. 
come and partake. And communion includes also a sense of anticipation. So it's looking uh, forwards, as well as looking backwards and looking outwards to the world, we're, we're looking forwards to, to the future. Again, verse 26, we proclaim the Lord's death, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, until the future. In the Old Testament, they would eat the Passover in anticipation of the coming Messiah, the promised Messiah. We eat and celebrate communion in anticipation of the coming again of the Messiah. Matthew 26, 29, I tell you, it's multiple times in, in Luke and Matthew, Jesus says, I will not drink from this fruit, from, from, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The communion meal is an anticipation, or it's an antipasti, you could think of, right? Antipasti is, is the first course in an Italian meal, traditional, and it anticipates the coming feast, the main courses, the fuller courses. We take communion in anticipation of our future banquet with Jesus. This is an antipasti for what is to come, the main course. We will have a great feast in glory as we anticipate Christ coming again. So eat and drink as victors, as those who are victorious in and through Christ, more than conquerors. We are certain of our future hope and inheritance. You see, there's so much to celebrate as we anticipate, as we remember. Whatever, looks, whatever our lives look like right now, whatever struggles we do have, a feast is coming. In, in, in communion, we're celebrating and anticipating that f- certain future Incidentally, there's a picture. Here's, here's a picture of, uh, of a classic antipas- antipasti. That'd be a great way to have communion one day. And uh, I mean that, that with total sincerity. That is a lovely way to celebrate communion. If you want to arrange that with me later, I'm in. Uh, let's have an antipasti as we anticipate our future feast to come for uh, a great way. Finally, another part of communion, this last one, is, is self-examination. There's a chance, as we celebrate communion, to examine our own hearts to, to, as we come to the table. So we're looking backwards, we're looking outwards, we're looking forwards, and we're looking inwards as well. It says, um, verse 28, 29, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. What's that saying? It's important we understand it. Because it's, it's not saying, have a think, right? If you've had a good week, you know, if you feel like you've done well this week, you've lived righteously, come and, come and eat. If not, stay away. You better not eat of this if, if, if you haven't had a good week. It's important we grasp it. Andrew Wilson talks of it, and I, he just says it better than me. So I'll just read what he, how he clarifies this in, in what this is, a self-examination says, this is not a call for moral perfection. The Eucharist is not a congratulatory banquet for the sinless. It is a sustaining meal for repentant sinners who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, but who know they have fallen short. So this call for self-examination is not aimed at excluding those who have sinned or none of us would dare approach the table. It is aimed at excluding those who do not care whether or not they have sinned the unrepentant, 
the proud, those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ. Nowhere has this been more clearly expressed, he says, than in the Heidelberg Catechism and question 81. Who should come to the Lord's table? Catechism is a question and answer, this question. Who should come to the Lord's table? The answer, those who are displeased with themselves because of their sins, but who nevertheless trust that their sins are pardoned and that their remaining weakness is covered by the suffering and death of Christ. Communion is for repentant believers. That's that's who it's for. And in this opportunity, we get an opportunity to repent, to examine our own hearts. So saying if you're sinning and you don't care, right? if you are sitting here and you're intending to go home and sin, you know what you're going to do, I I don't care, and and that's it. You know, I'm engaging in an act that I know God doesn't like, but I'm doing it anyway. Then, then, Then you should stay away from the table until you've dealt with that. That's what it's saying. That now, it's not. I, I, I'm, I know I'm struggling, and I might. I really don't want to, but but I'm struggling with temptation. That's not. That's not the same thing. It's it's a it's a deliberate ignorance. If if that's you, if you kind of know you 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 just I'm living in sin and I don't care, then then they will eat and drink judgment on themselves. Those people. It's serious, right? It is serious. I don't I don't want to undermine this. What I started with it is life and death in 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 a sense. How is that okay, though? Like, how is that? Do we think, what is that about then? That, that it's life and death, and that, that, that God would do that. The answer is given in verse 32. It says, Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not fi- be finally condemned with the world. God's judgment in, in this regard is, is discipline, it, it, is, it is for your benefit. And this temporal judgment, if, if that was us would, would be way better and would save from eternal judgment it, it, it is a principle that is central to how parenting works right we, we know that it, it's, it's better I know that this is making you miserable but this is for your, your good ultimately and, and that is central to how God works as well uh, confusing though it, it, it can be but self-examination it's an opportunity to examine our hearts, consider if there is anything that, that we need to ask for forgiveness, totally knowing we'll get it. That's the beauty of Christ. Do I need to ask forgiveness? You know you're going to get it. Maybe there's something in, in your communion with one another that, that you kind of, there's beef between you and someone else. Now, it's not saying, like, you cannot come and eat and drink until you've reconciled. That's not, that's not always possible, certainly not. But, it, but it's to say, so you can come and eat, but know in your heart that, that there's something, that if it's, particularly if it's on you, again, you might be unreconciled from someone, but there's nothing you can do about that. But if your heart is heavy against someone, if you are bitter against someone, you can just deal with that in your heart and say, I'm sorry, God, for that. Thank you for your body and blood. Celebrate in this. It's about our hearts in it. So in communion, all these things are happening. Uh, if you click once more, I think it will make them all a bit brighter. That we help. Yeah, we, we, there is remembrance. As cu- we're remembering our communion with Christ, and with, and, and in that as well, there's an encounter. So again, what we looked at last week, with with one another, communion with one another. There's thanksgiving, there's celebration. We're proclaiming the gospel. We're anticipating our future glory, examining our hearts. So, do you want to come up and? And we're going to celebrate together. I'm, we're obviously, 
when we celebrate communion, we're not consciously doing all of these at once. I'm not saying, right, here's your checklist. Don't forget to go through these every time that we celebrate communion. I'm saying this is what we're doing. Um, we, we are doing all of these things subconsciously. That, that is what the church is, is doing. And probably it's good to emphasize, we're, we're consciously doing one or two of them. We, we are thinking, maybe there is a kind of, if it might be self-examination, I, 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 I need to just think in my own heart and emphasize that. It might be uh, celebrating communion with one another. You know, if you're going to have the antipasti, that's the great way that you're emphasizing that, you're enjoying that. And, and I think when we, when we celebrate communion, it's good to, to think, what, what am I doing here? What am I going to emphasize uh, and so now, I think it'd be, let's, let's emphasize thanksgiving and celebration. Let's come and celebrate. Let's come and give thanks for this amazing gospel. Why don't we stand? So it's thanks in, in that we are thankful for all that God has given you. Everything that you have is, is a gift that he has given you. Ultimately, his son, right? He's given you Jesus. And we're going to sing happy day. We're going, right? It's celebratory. It's, it's a great day. And it is a celebration. Rejoice. It's good news. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So we're going to go. There's, there's bread and wine, juice. There's gluten-free bread if you require that. Again, if you're not a believer, then it's no judgment, but just feel free to, to not engage. But um, we'll, go, we'll go and grab it and bring it back to our seats and just take it whenever you're ready. We're all going to be singing and celebrating and praising God. So I'll pray and then um, feel free to go when I've, when I've prayed. Go and grab, grab it from the table and bring it back to your seats and Simo will lead us in singing and celebrating. Oh God, we thank you so much for your gift of your son to us. We thank you that we have nothing to offer but our thanks. We bring nothing to this table but our sin. We bring our sin and our weariness and we rejoice in your grace to us. We are those, as that catechism says, who are displeased with ourselves because of our sins, but who nevertheless trust that our sins are pardoned and that our remaining weakness is covered by the suffering and death of Christ. We come as repentant believers to the table and we thank you, God, for all that you have done for us. We thank you for this gospel. We celebrate all that we have in you. Thank you, God. Amen.